Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Our topic today is Got Fire. We have a master plumber talking to us today. Lord, I ask you to give your anointing to Brandon Flournoy. Help him say the right words. Help us to understand in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. I'd like to pray real quick and then let's, let's get this teaching going. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. For it is you that created the heavens and the things that therein are. You created this earth and the things that therein are. And you, sir, created the, thing, the seas and the things which are therein. And we thank you so much for that. Lord, we, we receive your, your revelation upon the teaching today. May every word be pleasing to you. May every word be in obedience to you. May there be a more full understanding today of just truly what you have done for us. You have spoiled us so much, and we thank you for that. It's in Jesus' precious, holy, and powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. This morning we're going to talk about fire. Just got a couple of questions here on the, the first slide. What is fire? How does fire work? Can someone make fire? What can fire really do? What are the components of it? And is fire multicolored? So let's break this down just a little bit. But first, I just want to say, you know, fire can be good. It can be bad. It can be devastating. Today, we're talking about the good. Absolutely the good. Um, and we'll, we'll have scriptural reference for that here in just a little bit. So what is fire? Fire... It has three main components. We'll get to that in just a second. But fire can be all-consuming. It can be uh, all-consuming in, in many different ways. But, for example, when we have not only received the salvation of Jesus, but we have received the baptism of the Holy, the Holy Ghost, we, the Bible references that as tongues of fire. And we'll get to that in just a second. But to ask the question, how does fire work within us, specifically having been baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, we can activate and control that fire to an extent ourselves. We have, God has given that to us through the Holy Spirit. So can someone make fire? Sure. Now, we're talking about a literal fire. Yes, we have components here on the earth that we can use, whether it be flint or magnesium. Uh, those actually do spark, so we can create a bonfire, so to speak. Um, but we can also, within ourselves, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and speaking in tongues, for example, we can begin to stir up and build that fire within us. Um, so, is fire multicolored? Yes, and we'll see that today. You build a fire in your fireplace, predominantly the flame is yellow. You'll see here in just a little bit with a gas that we're going to use, the flame is dominantly blue. And some of that can, can be related to temperature and other things. So, just for reference, the, the word fire in the Bible is, is brought up 515 times. So, to me, that's quite a bit. I think that that, um, 
that is a great reference point that the Lord uses to try to teach and point us and educate us in, in different, different aspects through the Word of God. So from Genesis to Revelation, uh, the 66 books of the Bible, only 18 books do not have the word fire in them. So it's literally throughout the Word of God. So let's go through what fire really is. The definition of fire is combustion or burning in which a substance combined chemically, meaning oxygen from the air, and, and typically it typically gives out a bright light, heat, and smoke. It's a rapid, persistent chemical change that releases heat and light and is accompanied by flame, especially the exothermic oxidation of the combustible substance. So that's a really... <laughs> I don't use $10 words, so to speak, but really all that's saying is as long as the fire has the three main ingredients, you take one of those out, the fire goes away. Fire cannot withstand water. Fire cannot burn without oxygen. So if we were to take a saucer and put a cupcake with a candle on it, and we light that candle, and let's just put a cup over the top of that. Within just a few seconds, the fire goes out. We took away the oxygen that feeds the fire. So, a specific instance of this change destroys something. Uh, it is a burning fuel. So, in this picture here, I really the, the, this picture really kind of spoke to me a little bit. In that, you can see the fire spreading. And so, I thought, you know what? Are we as a church body, as as a unit, are we really a fire starter these days? If, we, if we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we, can, we have that. We, we contain that fire. Do we use that to start fires within brothers and sisters to spread the Word of God? Do we use it to, to teach? Fire has many different aspects to it uh, in, in that regard. So let's look at Acts 2.3. And there appeared unto them a cloven tongue of fire, like as a fire, and it sat upon them, uh, sat upon each of them, sorry. So that is more or less in, just, just in perspective, what we have with the Holy Spirit. And so when we speak in tongues, we're activating that fire. That's that spark. That's that ignition point, so to speak, that gets us going it gets us stirred up it gets that fire built so how in the world could a tongue be likened as unto fire so the word also references the fact that we can either speak good or we can speak bad out of our mouth so in this case how could a tongue be likened as unto fire we want that to be good so we speak in tongues we that also uh, edifies us, it cleans us up, it activates things, it gets things moving. Uh, so, yes, it is from the Holy Spirit. There is power in the words that we speak. And yes, a word can spread like, like fire. So, when we speak good into someone, we have, we have activated that goodness of God within them. Now, what they do with it is up to them. But in that fire aspect, we have, we have just started it. We've started it. So 
Um, and that, that, can, that can, believe it or not, when you speak and you start that fire within them, that can be the beginning to a very long uh, and, in a lot of ways, great journey for them. We don't always understand just the power of the words that we speak sometimes. So, is God all-consuming like as unto fire? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that here in just a second. Let's go ahead and read Exodus 13, 20 through 22. And they took their journey from Succoth and encampeth in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and led them the way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So, of course, God can do as he, as he wishes, but the example here is just the simple fact that God chose in the evening to be a light unto their path by fire. So it, it definitely, in my opinion, shows his power and his might. But... It's, you know, when we look at this and we see, uh, as another example, that he was a, a cloud by day, he wanted, he wanted the Israelites, as they were led through the wilderness, to have comfort. He wanted them to be taken care of. But that fire, man, it's, it's, uh, it can be an all-consuming thing. So let's go through, I didn't put it up here, I should have, uh, I believe it's in Genesis where uh, we are told that we have all power, authority, and dominion on the earth. And so let's go through dominion here real quick. Let's break this down a little bit. It's a sovereignty or control. It's man's attempt to establish dominion over nature. The territory of a sovereign or government, dominions, another term for domination. So when we, when we have, let me just go back here for a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. When we have dominion, basically the definition says that it's our attempt to establish dominion over nature. So I'm sure there are plenty of examples in here, but to have dominion over nature, what does that, what does that really mean? Are we, are we asking a flower to bloom? Are we asking the trees to grow, things like that? No. Dominion is going to be more of a, a presence over nature. So, you know, there have been a couple of different examples spoken from this platform about um, authority, uh, dominion over weather, so to speak. There's been serious issues with uh, windstorm, let's say, and uh, someone raised their hand up and said, peace be still, and the wind just, pew, there it goes. So there's an example of some dominion. So with authority, let's, let's break this down as well. The power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. And in, in this picture, kind of self-explanatory, but it says he had absolute authority over his subordinates. So... Let me go ahead and read this, this next little sentence here. A person or organization having power or control in a particular, typically political or administrative sphere uh, 
authority basically just means that you you literally can say what to do so to speak um and so spiritually when when we have the baptism of the holy spirit we receive that authority as a part of who we are and how we can operate um one quick example <laughs> um those of you that didn't know Leslie and Miss Sharonda, Mrs. Flournoy are back. Yay, thank the Lord. <laughs> we needed them back. Um, but uh, and I, I didn't tell my wife this, so she gets to hear this first thing, first time. Uh, but I was at the apartment, and uh, I was doing some chores, and it was really, really windy, like 30, 40 mile an hour windy this particular day. And I didn't pull the apartment door to. Of course, the dog was in the apartment buckle. And the wind blew hard enough, the dog got out. And so that's not really acceptable in the apartment complex. You're allowed to have pets, but they are not allowed to, to roam uh, leash free. And of course, if she got out, I didn't have the leash on her. She was in the apartment. So she got out. There was a lady that drove by. I was in the garage. And she said, hey, is that your dog? What? My dog? Oh, it is my dog. <laughs> and so I stopped what I was doing, and I, I walked back to the apartment. Of course, she followed me. This lady gets out of her car to go to her apartment, which is right next door to us. And this lady just decides that she's going to meet and greet with Buckle. And so you ever met a dog that doesn't love to be pet and all that? They love the attention. So Buckle literally runs in between this lady's legs and this lady and her just getting along great. And I, I, I was a little aggravated, to be honest, that the dog even got out in the first place because we just don't, we can't, we can't play with that. Not that Buckle would do anything, but she wouldn't, but she shouldn't have been out. And so I just keep on walking. I get to the apartment door and I snap my finger and I say, come. And that, that dog's ears bent back, and she stopped what she was doing, and she came directly to me like, what's up? And I said, you know exactly what's up. You get in there. And so <laughs> that's a silly, silly example, but that's the authority that we have. We can say, come, and, and it happens. It's, suppo <laughs> it's supposed to happen, yes. <laughs> yes. And so let's let's go over <laughs> let's go over Genesis 1, 27 and 28 right quick. Uh, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So We've been given the power, authority, and dominion over the earth that our, our most gracious Heavenly Father created. So when we start, when we stir up that fire within us, whether it be speaking in tongues or sometimes when we're at church through praise and worship or uh, teaching or whatever the case may be, we start that fire within us. We get the Holy Spirit moving, so to speak. Uh, things things can change, and that dominion, that authority, that power over the earth, 
can can be activated it can be used and it should be so let's talk about fire and the holy spirit here it actually there's there's actually four different things uh ingredient wise that that we see with fire it's carbon dioxide water vapor oxygen and nitrogen now the water vapor is actually just the ambient air uh, it's just water is in our air humidity we call it so through the holy spirit can we build a fire within us who have received the baptism of the holy spirit and i keep saying that because through this demonstration here in a minute being saved by grace through faith that not of our own it's it's only by the lord jesus christ do we have the fruits and gifts of the spirit now see i just referenced the holy spirit so we don't necessarily have all of it all that we can have so i always reference being baptized in the holy spirit because that's 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 where I don't want to say that's where it ends. That's really where it begins. But we, we can't just be saved and operate in the fruits and gifts of the Spirit of the Lord. So with the Holy Spirit, how in the world do we build fire? And I've already referenced this several times, but uh, in one way, we speak in tongues. We just begin to activate with that little spark, that, that fire. And that grows within us. And, you know, as I was making this PowerPoint, I remember <laughs> growing up in church, the old song. I don't remember all of it, but we would always hold our finger up and say, hide it under a bush and yell, no, you know, we're going to let our light shine. And that's that's a lot of what we uh, we should do. We really should do that. It's extremely important that we understand what we have within us and the power of the Holy Spirit within us. It's extremely important to, to being able to operate correctly, decently and in order. So once the fire has started, how do we keep it going? Well, there's many simple ways. We, prayer, supplication, fasting, speaking in tongues, getting into the Word and, and beginning to, as the Word says, etch into our heart or it's the tablets of our heart so when we begin to memorize the word of god we are literally chiseling into our heart his word uh, and revelation of that it's very important we keep it right here so i already referenced this are you hiding your flame under a bush Uh, hopefully not Uh, it's certainly something that in in my opinion we need to be proud of we need to be proud, uh, not arrogant by any means, but we need to be glad, I'll just put it that way, that we are children of God and that we have chosen Him. There's nothing better, nothing better at all. So um, I would like to demonstrate, if I may, Pastor Lou, are you busy at the moment? No? Okay. If you wouldn't mind, um, we're going to tag team doing a silver soldering demo let me just explain that real quick in plumbing there's two dominant two dominant soldering techniques that we use one is called soft soldering uh, which you just you're literally heating up 
copper pipe and a fitting and you solidify that joint, so to speak, with a, um, a tin lead mix of wire. It does take a special ingredient along with that to draw that solder into the fitting. It's called flux. You get it hot and as the solder melts, it draws into, it draws into the fitting. So what we're gonna do today is silver soldering. And as you see here on the slide, um, soft soldering melts uh, at about 190 to 840 degrees, kind of depends on which wire you're using. But silver solder, you have to get much, much hotter. Uh, the melting point is 1400 to basically 1500 degrees. So let me just explain this real quick as, as, we, uh, as we demonstrate this. I want you, I want you to understand I really feel like this, this is an extremely important demonstration because of, I really feel in my heart like the Lord takes this very serious. It's, he, he died for us. This, this is something that um, we need to, in my opinion, we just need to understand how, how serious he takes this in that decision that we make. I was seven when I was saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I, I'll just tell you straight up, the first Sunday evening, I, I really sensed the Lord said, this is for you. This altar call is for you. And I said, I want to wait a week. And it, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, but I literally, I literally said that out loud. I said, I want to wait a week. And uh, literally the very next week, the very next Sunday evening, I received that salvation. But that was, I don't, you know, at the age of seven, that to me might have been a little more important to the Lord than me. I mean, truly. And so, um, you ready, Pastor? Okay. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, so... Let me just go ahead and do the demonstration, and then we'll, we'll break it down. So what we're going to do is take this. This is not a wire. This is what we call a stick of solder. So what we're going to do is take the, the torch here, and we're going to heat up this tea. This tea has three sides to it. So what I want to do, if you're willing, is I'm going to demonstrate the right-hand side, and then I want you to put your hand here and feel how I do the left-hand side. And then I want you to take the torch and I want you to heat up the top. We good? Sure. Okay. All right, so let's get started. David, if you would, go ahead and mute the mic, please.
Should be good. Awesome. All right. I have to trim my eyebrows so I can burn them off. <laughs> so the question is, yes, if you don't mind, I might have a, a question okay. or two here in a second. I did bring a chair if you need to sit. Um, so what did we just do? We, we basically created a union between the pipe and the fitting with a stick of silver solder we join the two together they are now solidified there's only one way to get this apart and truly if we if we heated this back up we would ruin the fitting the pipe might be okay but it would be an absolute booger to try to clean up to get to do this again so what i mean by that is it, it like i said earlier it is extremely serious the uh the union the the joining of the family of god and so through the salvation and through the baptism of the holy spirit we have solidified our relationship with the lord so to speak the only the only way to get out of that um, is to absolutely literally just destroy uh, the heart if if you ever chose i don't know why you would to not keep your relationship with the Lord, it would absolutely destroy the heart. You wouldn't be able to put it back together ever again. This is, now, understand too, with silver, in, in the plumbing side of things, silver is the strongest bonding agent we've got. So you have the strongest joint you can make through this 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 soldering this technique and it's i mean it takes 14 1500 degrees how much hotter do we need it to be so what in your opinion lou do you have any just real quick do you have any references as far as what we did here with it equating to our relationship or the word. Our relationship with soldering in the word and God? Sure. Gee, never thought about it that way before. Well, uh, point one there says, if we're the copper, Jesus is the silver, and the Holy Spirit is the fire, what, is that, what does that mean? Well, according to your demonstration, this, these three components come together. They're, they're one unit now. Sure. It's interesting. It's three things, you know, like Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So there you go. They're together. Right. Awesome. Okay, so number two, there's an action required to receive Jesus. Yes, we have to consciously say, I want that. I need that. That's, that's for me. Um, and then three, once you receive Jesus, is it forever? Well, I thought for a long time, once saved, always saved. 
that may tell you what what religion I was raised in. Great people, wonderful people, just not always a hundred percent accurate. Um, and so, like I say, if don't, it's not even something to consider. But if you ever, if you ever did, and you know the thing that keeps coming back to me is mark of the beast, mark of the beast, mark of the beast. It's it's not worth it, but it would absolutely destroy this connection. It would be absolutely useless uh, anymore. And so, can you lose your salvation? Yes, unfortunately, that is something that you can choose to let go of. So, next thing, um, just real quick, I think it was just two, three months ago, we had a first service where we prayed for the nation. And in that, I said, you know, Lord, I've prayed and prayed and prayed till I'm blue in the face, as many others have, about this nation, for this nation, just trying to do my part. And so before we came up here that particular Sunday, I said, Lord, I I need something new. I need something new. Tell me, give me something, something of you that I can speak forth as your servant and part of that was simply this that we used to generations past we used to gather around the kitchen table and the man would sit at the the head of the table and we would all hold hands and we would the the father the man would bless the food and thank the lord our god for bestowing that food upon us and that's not always the the case anymore and so as as and this is not this is absolutely not to um, how do you say it this this isn't just to the men but it's for the for the head of the household so to speak but we we in that example of just simply blessing our food before we eat we let that go then what else have we let go and so now we have these game boxes, these PCs, these objects of entertainment that we have opened that door as well. And so we have allowed entertainment, so to speak, to infiltrate and in so many ways begin to destroy the foundation that the Father put here for us to maintain. And so would you agree with that? kind of come into the church hasn't it (laughs) it sure has it sure has so i just i just implore us gentlemen for a second here let's let's just let's just be real we for whatever reason and we'll know all things when we're with the lord but for whatever reason we're we're held accountable for certain things and in my opinion i i don't i don't want to be asked well why did you allow this or were you not too lazy to shut this door? And so I, I just, with the fire that we have within us, can we, can we not? Look, the Bible says Babylon has fallen, it's coming. But with the fire within us, can we not reach down deep within and begin to pull weeds, so to speak, and begin to clean up the nation, but start with the family? Our own actual family, we uh, we all make mistakes. I certainly have, and I've got a uh, 
I've got one that uh, she <laughs> she's running, you know, the, the prodigal son, so to speak. But and she's grown now; she can make her own decisions. But we, as men, when you say "I do," what did you just do? You committed yourself to your wife. So when you do that. Is it not imperative, just as Christ led the church? I mean, he is, he is our leader. As he led the church and he spoke and he, he taught and he demonstrated and he taught and he demonstrated, why aren't we doing that? I remember when Kaylee was, was very young, seven, ten years old. We were out playing in the front yard and she got bit by a mosquito on her, on her hand. And we had already been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and praying in tongues and, and using that authority a little bit. And she ran up to me and she showed me the mosquito bite. And it was it a was good, good size. And I said, well, what are you going to do about it? She said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I said, no. You're going to take your authority. You're going to tell that mosquito bite where to go. Whew, off in the house she goes. She came back just literally a couple minutes later and that thing was gone. And so, gentlemen, it, look, and this is, ladies are in, in a lot of ways much better at this, but gentlemen, we've got to break the ice. We've got to begin the journey, if nothing else. We always have our ladies with us. We always have our family. But why is our nation where it is today? What do you think about that? Oh, I have some things to say about that. <laughs> uh, the church, is, in my opinion, has went soft and is not teaching the Word of God, and they're blessing, blessing. There's a curse along with that. Sure. And they do not teach the church how to pull down strongholds. Okay, we so do how, here. how do we combat that as, as the head of the household? As Okay, well, a lot of the things you're talking about, you know, you're singing my song, so... Thank you for that. But sure, sure. The men need to step up. The men need to step up. Yeah, fatherless uh, families. Uh, you know, we're, there's a lot of reasons. But the enemy is taking ground from us. We should be taking the ground back from the enemies. And it all starts with teaching right here at the pulpit, training sure. and equipping. And the church needs to do, to do its job. So we need to, the word says, the, the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul spirit. How do we... How do we combat that? What do we do? Do we start the fire? Yeah, we start the fire. Start the fire within we us? Start the fire. You know, one of the things I like about uh, what Pastor Stan does is a September solemn assembly. My opinion, we should have it every month because we have a lot of things wrong in America. And even though they're not listening, uh, we can do spiritual warfare. That's what it is, is spiritual warfare. And we can pull down, you know, just because the world is going to hell all around us doesn't mean we have to participate. That's right. You know, so we can start with our own family. Amen. And let the fire spread. Amen. I, I need to make a, a comment um, because we have a lot of fatherless um, children. And so it is the responsibility of the men of the church to help in that area. 
they can't just can't say well they're not my children i can't help here exactly so when you know that there's especially children that are fatherless you know the men of the church need to step up and do their part even maybe taking uh, getting a couple of guys to take um, a young man that doesn't have a father or a godfather or a father that's that worships god and take them fishing or something like that you know to, to speak into their lives Sure. So, uh, like for today, uh, as an example, would it be, uh, I'll just put it this way, wouldn't it be great to see the men of the church up here with the kiddos during praise and worship, showing them how to wave the praise shields and to fall on the knees and raise the hands, so to speak, kind of like the picture, and worship the Lord and praise the Lord and do those sorts of things and yeah, well, the children are already doing it, so maybe they need to show the dads how to do it. <laughs> sure. So we'll get the dads up here and we'll teach them, huh? All right. <laughs> that's a good one. So, all right, well, that's the end of the slides there. Um, any any last words? I mean, did I, did I miss anything with uh, just challenging the men of the church to step it up, to to do what we know we we really should starting with our families of course but we if we're baptized in the holy spirit we have the fire why aren't we using it and and you know part of this demonstration is to was to show the intensity how hot we can get for the lord what we can do for the lord but it it starts with us it really does you know Sometimes we say, well, this person has this skill set or this person can do this better. You know, I, we, I think it's Romans 12 talks about we've all been given the measure of faith. It doesn't say some get a teaspoon, some get a cup, some get a gallon. We all have the measure of faith, right? So let me ask you this. If we all have the measure, which spoon are you using? You know what I mean? We all have the same amount of faith within us here, but are we exercising, are we using, are we activating, are we starting that fire to to do what we're we're truly called to do? So anything else? Yeah, I mean with the three pieces up there i mean the fire just kind of sealed the deal right absolutely it, actually and it's um, done. and I, I know that now it's cooling off and so that that's us i mean when we get the baptism of the holy spirit we're full, full of fire we're full of zeal and excitement and um and then we cool off and so the only way to to keep it solidified and built back up is by using using what god's given us with the holy spirit and i think many Amen. times we just let it cool off we do. There have been there have been times where I've I've let it cool off. I'm not proud of that. Shouldn't have ever happened. But I, I just I chose different priorities in my life at different times versus the Lord. And you know I'll, I'll be straight with you. It, there's nothing better to me than to to commune with the Lord when and I don't have to be in the Spirit to do that. I can just say I love you, Lord without having to lay down on the floor and 
and and pray for hours or anything like that it just it pleases me so much to know that he is with us always and that i can sure sure come forward you know i agree with you totally i agree with you this is awesome teaching fire i love fire I don't like fire coming at me in the wrong way, but yes. Sure. Um, I just want to say is really fatherless, even though some, a lot of the family has a father in the house, but it's still fatherless because they're not stepping up to do, sure. be a model, right? And, and because this generation has been coming down. But what I want to say is uh, really today is new day. God's mercy is new every morning. Amen. So if we didn't do it, man or woman, okay, but we're right. specifically talking about the father right. or man leadership in the house. And if you haven't done it before, it's today's new day. It's never too Amen. late. Nothing is too late till we go home, right? right? So we can rise up, but we need to look at ourselves and ask Holy Spirit because the word says before we were formed, Everything we need spiritually is already in us. So we need to find the what find it, right? And that right. takes a fire, right? right. Or dying to ourselves, whatever, right? right. Kind of like that. So the, there's no condemnation in the Christ Jesus, but we can rise up, we can acknowledge it, we can change things Amen. today. Sure. And it's going to be a small step cuz you can you cannot go to uh, Korea in one step. Right. So you take a take step by step, but I think is the first thing is acknowledge. Yes. Acknowledge the what area I can work on or we can look. And a lot of things, I think, I'm not a man, obviously, but there's a, some area which I did not deal with. It's just sitting there. If I can fix that or I can acknowledge that, we can start a rebuild. Sure. So I just want to say there's, is, is our society is a father's there. A lot of them father's not there. It's a fatherless because there's no model. Right. And Jesus was our model. So if a, if a man can acknowledge in the household. Sure. And that can start today. Sure. So if we, uh, to summarize that just a little bit, if, if the man of the house will lead by example, it'll go a long ways. Uh, just something little but as far as me growing up I watched my dad he's a very hard-working man and I learned how to do that by his example I learned how to treat people that were absolute strangers by his example we would pull up to a house to fix a, a plumbing problem for the first time you meet somebody he taught me how to treat people with love respect those sorts of things whether we knew them or not so to to lead by example especially with the fatherless and things like that it's time for us truly gentlemen to step up it's truly time for us to to make this happen uh no matter no matter what i mean we see the nation we know where things are headed no matter what we should still be those leaders we should still lead by example our children should know and understand uh, 
what a relationship with the Father is and how to activate that fire within by us. Amen. We're done? Okay. Thank you, sir. So welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. Yesterday was April Fool's Day, and my daughter didn't even pay, play a trick on me. I was surprised. <laughs> she, you know what? When she was pregnant with Scarlett right here, it was April Fool's Day when she was going to announce it. And so she, she, huh? I know, well, yeah, she found out. So she was, um, she had been already been like for a couple years on April Fool's Day teasing me. And so I didn't believe her. It took me like 30 minutes to believe her. I'm like, are you really? No, are you really? I don't know whether to believe you or not. And uh, she gave me heartache. Oh, my goodness, it was hard. But praise God, you're here. Did you know she did that to me on April Fool's Day? She's the biggest prankster on April Fool's Day. Anyway, so we, we, we were happy that it happened that way. A couple announcements. Uh, for those of you that are here on church, at church and also those who are watching online, if you'd like to sign up for the intercessory prayer Zoom meetings, it's the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Um, you need to email us if, if you're watching online that you want to be involved in that so you can join the Zoom meeting. And for those that are here, um, if you haven't signed up, please do so. The sign-up sheet is at the front. Make sure you sign up for that. All right, so there's a handout uh, for those of you here at church, some guidelines on our Zoom meeting prayer. If you have not received the April flyer, if you have not received the April flyer, please please uh, do so. We'll hand them out here in just a minute. We have a lot of talking. Thank you. So, um, a couple announcements. We on on Saturday is Passover dinner for those of you here at our church. And if you haven't signed up that you're coming, we need to know one person's name per line, so I know exactly how many are coming, so we know how many to set up for today. There's also a sign-up sheet uh, for items to bring to share with each other, so we need that you to do that too. And please be here by 5.45 p.m. on Saturday, and we'll probably be done about 8.30 because we really we don't start eating until sundown. Um, on that day, and then, but we'll have some little activities for the kids, so they should be able to stay pretty active, and probably candy, they'll be sugar high by then, whatever it takes to keep them quiet during the message, right, (laughs) parents are going, no, not really, Um, by the way, Sharonda and I are back, Uh, they told us we're officially Pakistanians now, and that we're welcome anytime. So, I'm sure we'll be going again. We looked Pakistani by the time we left, didn't we? Well, I am going to tell you about our trip on Sharonda Wiltu on April the 16th. So, you want to make sure you tune in and you want to make sure you come that day for both services. Because if you, you we're not going to repeat what we said at the 930 service and the 1030 service. 
So come for, come for both both times, and that's on the 16th. Yeah, don't be late. Be on time. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. We we had I had a I have an interpreter I used uh, last time we went was about a year and a half ago, and his name is Musum. He did really good, and he's learning my ways. He's learning my jokes. He's learning how I you know my movements and things and he was he was really getting good and then we so we went to two different cities and had him then we went to islamabad and the pastor there wanted to use his people for for an interpreter in for my interpreter which they were horrible <laughs> so i was like the, the especially the last guy on the sunday morning and fortunately i think most people in the congregation kind of understood uh English, but they couldn't really speak it, but they could kind of understand what you were doing. And I think that, because uh, so they were kind of getting me by then, because it was a third, a lot of time, a lot of them, it was the third time they kind of already, already saw me speaking. And I had told them, I said, you're not going to understand my jokes. Uh, so when I laughed, just laugh with me. Ha, ha, ha. You know, <laughs> made them practice and everything. And uh, so as we're going along, and, the, and I could tell the interpreter was not doing real well, and he said, I was telling him about Paris, how what God, something, telling him about Paris, how um, a great miracle God did for her, and he goes, "What?" And I said, "Paris, my granddaughter." And he goes, "What?" And I said, "Paris, you know Eiffel Tower, France." <laughs> and he's like, "Still didn't get it." And they're all going, they all started laughing. They got it out there. He didn't get it. And then uh, I was talking to them about. Um, how Stan at the gym, when he laid hands on his friend that was really, you know, he had died, and the paramedics couldn't revive him or anything, and, and I said they were doing chest compressions, you know. And so uh, I told him, I said they were doing chest compressions, and he's, he was like, what? And I was like, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing charades up here and trying to get them to do this thing, and finally all of them out there, and the audience went, CPR! <laughs> so they got it. And anyway, so that, you know, there's then another time um, I said something and he interpreted and then all their hands went up like they agreed with whatever I said. And I said, what did you just tell them? I didn't say anything for them to agree with me on. And he's like, I said, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you're preaching your own message, aren't you? <laughs> So I don't know. They 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 got a, they got a lot of it. It was it was fun. It was really fun. I don't know if they knew what to do with me. I mean, I'm sure they don't have a lot of women come and speak. And then it's and then it's always just about. Um, and now this is so important. I'm not saying just about, but you know, healings and stuff like the, the miracles God does, and that's so important. But there's a whole much a whole lot more that they need to know. They need to not just stay in the teachings about healings and miracles, I need to be knowing what else God does and what the principles of God's word is. And so I bring a lot of that, a lot of that to them and talk to them about the fivefold. I think I saw some video clips here and they really, um, they loved it. They were like, we had no idea. They would loved it. They were so, um, I think, you know, overall it was just a wonderful trip. I did, we did do a marriage ceremony, uh, marriage seminar it was uh, supposed to be what they told us, like 200 people, but there was over 600, 700 people there. And uh, Sam wanted me to tell about the 
one part I said, um, I said, for all you men, because the men sit on one side, the women sit on the other side. And I said, you know, men, you just need to say, I'm sorry now. And they went, you know, in their language, I'm sorry. And I said, no, that's not good enough. (laughs) Come on, say, I'm sorry. And then I made that. So then I said, look at your wife on the other side, make eye contact with her and really mean it. I'm sorry. And so this one guy is a young guy who was standing against the, the, the wall and he was jumping around, waving his hands, trying to get his wife's attention. And he was, he was doing, he was saying it with all his might. He must have really done something wrong. I don't know, but uh, it was pretty funny. But they, we had a lot of fun with the, the marriage seminar, you know. Just, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> so they learned a lot. But anyway, so again, I don't think they knew quite what to do with Leslie coming in, but, you know, they loved me. They did. I made them say it, so. Um, I think we're good, other than just so the church here, you need to know I know y'all love this announcement on the back side of the page. I should put it, probably put it on the front side. Uh, Monday, Saturday, excuse me, Saturday, May 6th, from 9 to noon, we need help to clean the church. And here is a sign-up for uh, things that they need for, for the children's church, the nursery and the children's church. So we'll hand that around, too. So let me have the flyers. Is that everything? Here, it's all kind of messed up. There you go. Thank you, hon. I appreciate it. All right. Um, this is Q-Tip. He will go home with a, he's going to be our Passover lamb. Any cute? So if you're wanting to, to win him, you need to go ahead and start praying now that your name is pulled from the bucket. And, uh, Anyway, um, I mean, he almost looks too real, you know, so kind of, he's a fat one this year, though. Yeah, he he ate good. So anyway, his name is Q-Tip, and on Passover dinner, we will be pulling out a name to see who wins to get to take him home. So uh, be be praying for him. So Q-Tip is his name. Again, I think we got everything Saturday's Passover. Oh, next Sunday... Everybody say one service only. Be here at 10 a.m. <laughs> so that we can start right on time at 10:30. So this one service at yeah right one service at 10:30, and um, that's for Resurrection Sunday. I've asked for the leadership for everybody that would like to or can to wear purple. Um, just just be really pretty. <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking y'all to do that. I'm just asking you to do it. Because Stan's going to wear a purple tie, so come and match him. How about that? Well, that's it, whatever purple. But anyway, that's uh, if you don't want to, if you have something else fancy you're going to wear, that's fine, too. Um, uh, but, you know, if you can, wear purple. They'll wear purple. All right, next Sunday's one service at 1030. Be here before then. Okay. All right, let's get our service started. Let's just stand up and pray. You know, all the children, I have to tell you, you ought to be glad you don't have to live in Pakistan because they have to be quiet and sit there for four hours during praise and worship and then they have the service. And it's, it's, an, it's, it's, an, 
it's hours and hours. But I have to tell you, they're so good. And there's, there's times that, that the whole family is on a motorcycle, and there's five or six people on a motorcycle. So we have a little child, and another child, then we have the dad, then another child, then we have a mom, and then we have a mom holding a new baby. All on, and we're talking, they have to be the best drivers in the world, expert drivers, because it's, it's, it's incredible. I, don't, I can't believe that we don't see just, we would see wreck after wreck here, let's put it that way. So um, I thought I could just see Enzo sitting on the front of the motorcycle, and he would not be still for going to do all that. There's just no way, but anyway, praise the Lord. All right, stand up, Enzo. We got to pray. Everybody else is standing up. All right. Let's raise our hands. Definitely, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that we can just come here boldly before your throne room of grace and mercy. And, and Lord, thank you for bringing Sharonda and I home safely. Thank you for using us. We want to go to all the nations. This church is a mission-driven church, and we thank you for that. And, Lord, I ask that you give... Um, as your anointing during the praise and worship and all that we do during our communion and our time together. Let us have ears to hear what the, the, the message is today and have understanding of the message. And, Lord, let everything be done decently in order. And we just give you praise today. And, Lord, if there's any sick amongst us or even those that are watching online, and we just ask that you heal them. And, Lord, I specifically speak for Chris right now. My son-in-law, we ask that you heal his back completely. We ask for a miracle today, a miracle in his neck and his back, and that the feeling would come back in his hands, the pain would be relieved from his body, and that he would have no, no issues in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. We just declare a miracle. We just declare healing for him in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's, um, actually, we'll take up offering. Come on up. Um, it's time for we're going to we're going to do we're going to make sure that we do separate the offerings out from now on, because the church has been lacking, because they're giving more in missions, which we want you to. But you under, have to understand that the the church is is at least the tithe. The church is the tithe is where you bring it to the storehouse. So come on up with your your tithe here, and if you want to get for offering to the church, and then the missions is for. Is offering because you it says that he says come to my sore house. Oh, sorry, I got him. I'm wrong. Um, make sure that you you come and bring it to the church and and that's where you get fed. So you you don't take from your tithe, which is where you're getting fed, to give into the missions. So missions is above and beyond, and we do need your help. We do need your support with the missions also, but we'll take that up in a little bit later. This is for your, the church. Scarlett, did you bring yours? Okay. Praise the Lord. Save me from that ouch pain to reach all the way down there. He wants you to come on in. Sorry. Lord, it is our privilege to give. It's our privilege to know you. And we thank you that you wrote our name in the book of life and that you've come after us and allowed us to learn so many things. 
You've blessed us simply by living in this nation. You've blessed us with jobs and so many times, so many ways. So it's a small thing to give back to you. We ask you to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We thank you for the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Most of all, meaning your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for your power and your might, for you are the Almighty. And through, Lord, through our giving, may we, may we please you. Our first and foremost is to be obedient. And if your word says that we should give, we give. Wholeheartedly, no, no strings attached. And so, Lord, we, we do that today. And we thank you so much for, on top of allowing us to give, from that giving we can receive whatever it is that you choose to bestow upon us. And we receive that, and we thank you wholeheartedly in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You want to say something about that? Sure, sure. So, we just got back, Miss Sharonda Flournoy and Prophet Leslie Johnson. Yay, Wednesday. They came back, so the dog hasn't gotten out of the apartment again <laughs> since mother's come home. Uh, anyways, that was from the first service. So, you know, go ahead and bring your, your, your offerings for the, for the missions. And I just want to say... You know, guys, we this this is actually the easy part. This there's nothing there's really nothing difficult. If we believe that the Lord will supply our needs, this is the easy part. Because the ladies, when they go, some sometimes I get an invitation, have to fill out a permission slip, and so on and so forth. But sometimes, you know, others get to go. But they have to acclimate to so many things. I mean, for starters, let's just go with time change. It can be horrible. You show up in the middle of the night, you're wide awake. You had 16 hours on a plane for, I mean, wow. And never, never mind the fact that, uh, you know, not every plane has rows for, of empty seats for you to lay down and, and actually get some sleep. So there, there are some real challenges in going to the mission field. This is not something that you just say, yeah, sure, I'll go. But your heart has to be right too. You, you, if you're called to do that, then there's a point to it. You've still got to go ahead and minister the way you're supposed to minister, whether you've had the sleep or not, right? So this is the easy part. And so I challenge each and every one of you to give in abundance for these missions because you get the same credit as those that go. Amen. Those that have to do all the hard work, you get the same credit right here. So just just remember that. Oh. Thank you, Lord, for our health. Thank you that we do get to go and to carry your name to many other people. We ask that this would spread wide and reach many people for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Lord, we thank you so much for these missions. We thank you that with your reach, it is easy to reach those that you so choose. This world shrinks with your hand and your might, and we receive that with every call, with every trip, with everything that you have us do. In Jesus' precious, holy, and powerful Amen. name. Amen. Amen. Okay, 
Now, I'm going to move Q-tip here for just a moment. So we have offering, right? Are we prepared? No, no, I meant communion. Okay. So, Billy Boy, Billy Boy. You want to come over here, please? Today we're going to be talking about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. But next week we're going to be talking about his sacrifice. And this is the time when the Bible says that we are to do this and to remember that sacrifice. The greatest point, the greatest miracle in all of human history, the thing that is most important overall, and it says this, we're to bless the body and the blood, and this is the unleavened bread representing his body, and the grape juice representing the blood. And so, Lord, we bless this in Jesus' name. <clears throat> we know that this is not your body, but it represents. We know that this is not the blood, but it represents. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. You can go ahead and distribute that now. The only ones that want to take this are those people that have received Jesus because the Bible specifically says that if you take this unworthily, and that means several things, then it can actually heap a curse on you. So you don't want to take it unless you receive Jesus. Now, next week we're going to be talking about it more in detail. Matter of fact, we probably should plan to do this again next week, just for the day it is. <clears throat> but this is a time to remember, and Leslie and I have been in the upper room, at least the upper room that they say represents the, the upper room, probably not the upper room. But uh, we've been there, and that evening... Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane, or Gethsemane, the way we pronounce it in English, but in Hebrew it's Gethsemane, which means uh, house of bread. Uh, that's not right. I think it means bread. I forget now. Anyway, we did go into the garden, and they said that this, if these aren't the very olive trees, and olive trees live two and 3,000 years, just one tree, but if they said, if this is not the very olive trees, it's at least the descendants of those olive trees. We went into that garden. We got down on our knees and prayed. And that's what Jesus did, which was not too far from where he was crucified, which was not too far from where he was buried. So <clears throat> in the upper room, and we're about to talk about part of this, Jesus knowing that from the foundation of the world, he had already agreed to be God's sacrifice lamb. Knowing in a few hours, he was about to experience the most painful death that the devil could possibly heap on anyone, trying to convince him through pain and suffering and embarrassment and humiliation not to do this. Yet, he went ahead and did it anyway. He did it for us, for all mankind, and through that, he defeated the devil. So the actual act, what he did is first round, he said he passed around the bread, and it said, and they break it. Well, unleavened bread, we don't break, it's soft. But unleavened bread, 
is hard like a cracker. And that's the reason it said, and they break it. So, they broke it. And Lord, we do receive this unleavened bread representing your body, and they all ate. Then he handed around a cup. And he says, this is my blood. This is the New Testament. This doeth in remembrance of me, and they all drank. Now it's time for praise and worship. Actually, we have two birthdays. Now it's time for Leslie to talk. And she'll tell you what's next. See, man is the boss until the wife tells him something else to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, Bryce and Michael, come up here. Two boys. Growing to be great men of God. Bryce, you look so cute. With, uh, Jackson, what, I thought it was, they told me it was Bryce. Jackson. It's Jackson's birthday. Do we have the wrong one? You don't know? <laughs> well, it's your birthday. So how old are you now? Say four. Four. Say it again. Say four. Four. He's Four. You are cutie. And how old are you? Ten. Ten? Ten years old. What's, that? What's going on? Ten, really? So we need to sing happy, sing happy birthday. Because I remember, Bryce, we just did your birthday, right? Yeah. You were going to have another birthday. I was going to give you another present. What was that? You should have said, yeah, it's me. That's what Leslie Ann does. Right? Anyway, so we have Jackson here, he's four, and, and we have Michael, he is ten. So get your money out, and Pastor Stan, you have money. Those are mine. Can you take for up here for me? Okay. All right, let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jackson and Michael. Happy birthday to you. Woo! All right, bring it on up here. Scoot up to the end here so they can reach y'all a little bit better. Go down one step. There you go. Money, honey. There we go. And you were wondering why we have so many children that want to come to our church. Hmm. Now you know. All right. What do you want to say to them? Thank you. What do you want to say? Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love this. Lord, I just ask that you bless these children, these boys that are growing up to be men of God. Lord, bless Jackson and give him long and healthy and prosperous life in Jesus' name. Lord, bless Michael, give him long and healthy and prosperous life in Jesus' name. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Now we, it's time for praise and worship. How about that? Oh, wait, here's some more money for you kids. <laughs> All right, come on up. All right, lights down, stand up, turn around. 
Sit back down. Just kidding. Arms raised. And also, <laughs> also, men, come up to the front of the church with your children and praise in the Lord. Yes. Remember? Time to praise our God. Amen. This is the exciting part. We get to give excitingly with our money, and we get to praise him for all things and to be alive. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead. Lord, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We give you all the praise and all the glory and the honor. You are worthy to be praised, Father God. Let it be a sweet sound into your ears. There is an endless song echoes in my soul. I hear the music ring. And though the storms may come, I am holding on to the Is there any more men that would like to come up here? Kenji, come up here and praise the Lord with your children. And how can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? You know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. And I will lift my eyes in the darkest night, for I know my Savior lives. And I will walk with you, knowing you'll see me through, and sing the songs you praise how can i ever say enough how amazing is your love how can i keep from shouting your name i know i am loved by the king and it makes my heart want to sing i can sing in the troubled time when I win, I can sing when I lose my step and I fall down again. I can sing because you pick me up. Sing because you're there. I can sing when you hear me, Lord, when I call to you in prayer. I can sing with the last breath. Sing for I know. And it makes 
Father God, Lord, we praise your pretty and mighty name, hallelujah, the splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice.
You 
nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah hallelujah Lord we thank you for this time we can come and praise your mighty name Let's give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank, you. Thank you. Praise you team. Hallelujah. 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 You know, in Pakistan, they knew how to say that word too. Hallelujah. <laughs> I tell you what, they knew how to praise the Lord there. They really did. They spent a lot of time doing it. It was awesome. Lord, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you, Lord, that he seeks you in his face and desires to please you and desires to speak your truth, to speak your word. Lord, he's a man of integrity, and, and I love him for that. Lord, I ask that you anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Give him the words to speak this morning and let us again have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And let us have remembrance of the message. So many times we walk out and we be, start speaking with somebody and even the next day and the enemy is already taken away or we've allowed from our flesh to be taken away the message that was given to us. Let us have remembrance of it, Lord. Just seal it to us. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, our topic today is about Jesus riding in to Jerusalem. The greatest moment in human history was when the blood of Jesus came out of his side, went down through a crack in the earth, went down through the lid, the stone lid on the Ark of the Covenant, and dripped on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, the throne of God, eastward, excuse me, westward, making him the Lamb of God, defeating the devil, and giving us the victory, making him the door, the way, the truth, and the life, so that all that would accept him could enter into life eternal, in, entering into God, which gives them the light of life. Revelation 19 says, And I saw heaven opened. Behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written which no man knew but himself. And he is clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. You're supposed to fill that in. The word of God. And the armies which are in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth come a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. He should rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress and the fierceness of wrath of God Almighty. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried to all the fowls flying in the midst of heaven, saying, Come, 
gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and then may sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse and his armies. And the beast was taken with him, the false prophet, which are miracles before them, which with, he, with which he deceived them, that had received the mark of the beast and those that worshipped his image. And these both were cast into the lake, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain by the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That's the second great victory that Jesus has. The first one is when his blood touched that Ark of the Covenant, making him the Lamb of God. The second one is when he returns on a horse. And he defeats all of his armies. He defeats all of the sin. He removes the sin from earth in a moment. In the twinkling and run eye at the last trumpet. That's what we're going to talk about today. This is Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Had they accepted him, some say that maybe he would have just gone on to be king at that time, but that was not in the plan written from the foundation of the world. Now I'm going to show you something that I dare say you've probably never seen. We are going to breeze through the scriptures because I don't want you to see the scriptures. I want you to see the overview. I want you to see what Jesus was about to do. This is the, the last few days just before Jesus is about to be crucified. He knew from the foundation of the world he was about to be crucified. He came into the world as the Lamb of God to be crucified. These scriptures he was saying, knowing he's about to go to the cross. And I want you to look at them from that point of view, knowing that these are going to be repeating, and he was talking about the time when I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, okay? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What is the light of life? What is the door? Jesus is the door that opens up so that once again we can go into the Father and get the light of life. What is the light of life? Well, the next time the light of light hits is when that sword comes out of Jesus' mouth. A light sword talked about it before. It goes to the center of the earth, sets the foundations of the mountains on fire. The hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The hills melt like water running down a steep place. Every mountain falls. Every valley fills in. The rough, crooked places are made straight. The rough places are made smooth. The earth is turned into a nice round smooth ball and there's no more sea. And what does that is the morning star. But I believe when Jesus, excuse me, when the Father said back at the beginning, let there be light, that was the start of creation. When he says, and he blows that glory down, that is the start of new creation. He says, behold, I make all things new. So I assume that we get to see the mammoth. We get to see a unicorn. We get to see all of the things that perhaps went extinct, except those things in the sea. Those never return. So the first light of life was when God said, let there be light. The next light of life is when Jesus returns. So when he says, I'm the light of the world, the sun goes out, let's see, right 
here. I can't see exactly. About, I think it's right here. The sun gets seven times hotter. It goes out here. Jesus returns here. So, when he says, I'm the light of life, the sun goes out 72 hours before he returns, which is why there's great hailstones. Every stone about the weight of a talent, which is about 75 pounds, that pounds the earth all over the earth because the earth is getting cold because the sun went out. So when it says he's the light of life, the sun never relights. As a matter of fact, I found a scripture in Isaiah 34 this week. It's amazing. You know, I've read that. Have you ever found that somebody got into your Bible and added some more stuff to your Bible? Because it wasn't in there last time you read your Bible, right? Isaiah 34, it says the heavens are dissolved. There is no more stars, no more sun, no more. The, the heavens dissolve. Because why? There's only one light. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light. So he says, I'm the light of the world. Then he says, the truth will set you free. And what is the truth? By the way, it's make you free, so this should say make you free. <laughs> Leslie's constantly correcting us on that. Then he identifies, you are the father of the devil, and you're seeking to kill me. Uh, he says, I am the Father. In other words, I am one with the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If God were your Father, you'd love me, for I proceeded forth from God. So he's saying, I'm the light of the world. I'm going to make you free. And yes, many of you are your Father, the devil. Again, we're getting an overview. I'm not going to read all of it. It's in the Bible. You can go home and read it. Amen. Before Abraham was, I am. He didn't say he was the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. In other words, part of the Trinity. But he said it. When you say, before Abraham was, I am, what are you saying? You're saying, I am eternal. And he that believes in me shall never see death. Why is he talking about death? Because in a couple of days, he's going to die and rise again. Connecting? Connecting here? Okay. Jesus heals a man born from his body. He was blind from his birth. Why, Lord? He says, well, in this case so that the works of God should be manifest. He's saying, I have the keys of hell and death. I, no one takes my, my, my life. I lay it down and I take it up. He has the ability to heal the sick, raise the dead, heal the, the sick. He just says, I'm the good shepherd. Now, I, we talked about this before. When the Bible says verily, verily, it does not repeat words just because it makes the Bible a little bit longer so they can charge more for it. I know sometimes it seems like that because it's a very big book, but that's not the reason. When it says verily, verily, it means that it's, re it's saying it now, but it repeats again in the future. Okay, so what's it repeating? He says, he is the door. He is the shepherd. To what? He is the, he is the door to eternal life. He's the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, okay? And Porter opens, the sheep hear his voice. Do we hear his voice? Well, let me just tell you, as I was telling Leslie this morning, the Lord spoke to me last night. And he's spoken to me like this about four, I think this is the fifth time. And he said, now I didn't hear words, wasn't a dream, wasn't an audible voice, <laughs> what anything, but I assure you the other four times he spoke to me like this, it came to pass. In fact, I just remembered another time, so I guess that would make it five times. It was just in here, just a knowing, okay? My sheep hear my voice, 
another they will not follow. What he, what he said to me, this is the best way I can put it in English, as you recall about five weeks ago, he told me that Prophecy Club is about to be in financial trouble. Now, what I took that to mean is that it's not just Prophecy Club, that it's Prophecy Club as part of America is in trouble. Last night, he said, you're about to be in a lot, a lot of trouble. In other words, Stan, you're not listening. You didn't get it. It's going to be a lot of financial trouble. So I crawled out of bed at 4.47 and went in and prayed for 15, 20 minutes. Lord, you got to show me. You got to tell me, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to get ready? What do I need to do? And the only thing I can pick up is I think that it's not just a prophecy club thing. I think it's an America thing. Now, if you've been following the news, you know that there's a banks that have failed. Then they're about to arrest DJT. And that could turn into a fiasco. I don't know. But I do know this. I know his voice. And he told me that Prophecy Club is about to be in financial trouble. I don't think he's saying Prophecy Club. I don't think he's saying Spirit of Prophecy Church. I think he's saying we're part of America. Yeah. America's about to be in financial trouble. Stan, what do we do about it? Well, I would love to be able to. Believe me, I have prayed, Lord. <laughs> Even last night for 15, 20 minutes in the middle of the night, Lord, what do we do? What do we do? What do we tell people? Often he keeps his mouth shut. See, she knows what I'm talking about. The prophet knows what I'm talking about. He doesn't speak enough, in my opinion. I keep telling him, but look, I'd like for you to give me a timeline. Okay, you've got to tell me before this is coming. But for whatever reason, he doesn't necessarily feel the urge to answer my prayers. You know what I'm talking about? He keeps the secrets very close to him. Sheep hears a voice. And he calls to his own sheep by name, and he leads them. He is going, remember the whole, what, the last three, four months, every message has been, he's going to take care of us. It's going to be okay. I don't know how it's going to be okay, but he does. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Got it? Say amen. amen. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. I and the father are one. You're not of my sheep, he's saying this to the, the evil people. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give unto you eternal life, and you'll never perish. And neither can any man pluck, out, pluck them out of my hand. Now, you can walk out of his hand, but it'll be your choice. We have that choice. If you want to take that mark of the beast, you can. Not, not me. Not me. I and the Father are one. And why is he saying that? Because he's about to get on an ass and ride into Jerusalem to be crucified. So what's, he's giving us the last minute words to build up our faith knowing that he's about to be crucified. But it wasn't for him. It was to build up our faith. In those days it was to build up their faith so that they wouldn't fall. So what is it for us today? He's saying, don't fall, Spirit of Prophecy Church. Don't fall. Death of Lazarus. Now, why would he go and raise the dead? If he can't raise the dead, then why should we believe 
that he can raise himself from the dead. And by the way, Buddha's still in the grave. And Muhammad is still in the grave. All of the other big avatars are in the grave. Jesus is the only one who came out of the grave. So since he came out of the grave, we can believe he can bring us up out of the grave, right? So the death of Lazarus. He says, this sickness is not unto death. Now, I love this word here, and we read by it too often. But what is glory? That's when that morning star hits us in the belly. Out of our belly flows rivers of living water. And in a moment, in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, we get that glow refined body. Okay, we're talking about tongues of fire on the people in the upper room. That ain't nothing compared to that next body. Because he saves the best wine for last. He saves the best body for last. He saves the best glow for last. He saves eternity and the new heaven and the new earth for us. Ah, no, no, all this is happening so that I can just wake him from his sleep. No, 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 you don't understand. Lassie, he, he, he is dead. D-E-A-D, dead. Did you not get that, dead? Look, he's been in the grave four days already. He stinks now. Your brother shall rise again. Oh, yeah, 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 I got it, I know. He'll, re- he'll resurrect on the last day. No, Jesus, see, you don't understand. I am. The I am that I am has sent thee. I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth on me, raise your hand. Raise your hand. He that believeth on me shall never perish, shall never die. We don't have to die. We can live forever. And it's a free gift. Doesn't hurt, doesn't cost anything. But it's like the devil to say that. That's that one little simple prayer. The devil sure keeps people from saying it. Whosoever liveth, and believeth in me shall never die. You believe this? <laughs> I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God. Let's say that. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son. One more time. I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. So then Jesus raises Lazarus. Take the stone away. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Then the dead came forth. Loose the grave, load, grave clothes. Loose him and let him go. That's what's going to happen to us, my brothers and sisters. One of these days, we're going to come out of this body. One of these days, we're going to come out of this body. We're going to get a new body. We're indwelleth righteousness. We'll never hunger again, thirst again. Neither shall the sun light on us, nor any heat. For the Lamb will sit in the midst of the throne, shall feed us and lead us into living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from the rise. Right? Then many of the Jews, which came to Mary, this is the plot to kill Jesus. What we're talking about today. It's a plot to kill Jesus. So the chief priests and the Pharisees, being full of jealousy, said, what are we going to do with this guy? He does many miracles. Look, if we let this guy live, then all men are going to believe in him. Then the Romans shall come and take away both our place. That's what they're really concerned about. They wanted to be worshipped. Oh, boy, I'm, I'm glad none of the churches do that today. I'm glad none of the pastors that do that today, right? Want to gain attention, build a big ministry with their name on the building. They said, okay, look, it. it's expedience. It's very important for us that, that one man should die for the... Okay, who is this? This is the chief priests and the Pharisees agreeing 
that Jesus, at least one man, should die for the people. They said it. Why? Because the high priest has to approve and okay the sacrifice. Had to happen. They did. One man must die for the people so that the whole nation will not perish. I think it's very interesting that they said that. Because Jesus died. Come on. Jesus died so that not just one nation, everybody doesn't have to perish. Out of the devil's mouth, huh? He prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. Not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. That means a physical gathering, but that also means that he'll send his angels from one end of heaven to the other to gather his elect unto the new Jerusalem as well as actually take us. If any man knew we were knew where we oh the chief priests, the Pharisees, sent out a command. If any man knows where this guy is, you gotta tell us. You gotta report him. That kind of sounds like us today. If somebody is not Ooh, I almost said the word. If they don't have the anti-V, report them. If they got a, a shooting horn, gotta be careful with how you say it these days. Report them. But, you know, if they're having sex with children or things like that, they can get away with that. <coughs> Topsy-turvy in America today. Okay, so the next thing is, on the next day, much people, they were coming to the feast, they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Now, this is important. So they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna! Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. They were quoting scripture. What does it mean that they took palm trees? Okay, so there's seven feasts. If we look over here at the feasts, we have one, two, three. We have Passover, unleavened bread, which Passover I think is coming up the sixth. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Then we have Pentecost, trumpets, and... Atonement. Doesn't it say atonement? Yeah, right there. Okay, atonement. And then tabernacles. So on tabernacles, what they were commanded to do is to make themselves little booths. So they would get little sticks and they stick in the ground and they had to put some branches above them to keep the heat off of them. And for seven days they had to live out in this little booth so that they could remember where when they were their ancestors were living in in Egypt. So what is that for us? Well, there's a time coming when John says, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, and prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, The kingdom of God is with men, and God shall be with them and be their God, and God himself shall be with them, and they shall be his people. That's when he says, And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, nor shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them and all that. So, they are thinking, their misunderstanding wouldn't be the first thing the Jews did, misunderstanding. They are thinking when they take down palm trees and throw it in front of him that this is that feast, their misunderstanding. But they are talking about a time when the New Jerusalem comes down. So they got the prophecies mixed up. However, this part's important. So then he said, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. They knew... He was the Messiah. Well, they wouldn't have done that. 
So they throw these palm trees down. King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. So Jesus, now remember the next time he comes as king of kings and lord of lords, not the next time he comes, he comes, he comes one more time as the Lamb of God. But the last time he comes, he comes riding on a what? There you go, white horse. Here he's riding on a young ass, so it's a picture of him riding into Jerusalem. Okay? This is the first time when he's riding in as the Lamb of God. The last time he rides in on a white horse as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Fear not, daughter of Simon. Behold, the king cometh sitting on a colt's ass. That was the prophecy. The Pharisees said, look, the whole world is going to go after him. Yes. Just about everybody will. Well, everybody's name is in the book of life anyway. So, as, uh, let me show you where we are here. Okay, the next time Jesus returns is on first fruits. And he comes down in a cloud in a lamb body. He resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Rayleigh boys. They walk around with him for 50 days. Then, on or about Pentecost, I believe that's when America falls, then one person said that as the bombs come down, we go up, and I would be okay with that. Then we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the wedding, we only get a wedding garment, and then four months later, you get a white horse to come back with him here. Jesus, however, is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords, receives many crowns, a vesture dipped in blood, and a white horse. Then he returns here. So here, back up, here he rides in on a young ass. The next time, he rides in here on a white horse. You see the parallels, okay? Is this good? Yeah. And the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb takes place here on Pentecost. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, they say, this is the, the first time we get to see Jesus. When we are in our... Still in, in some kind of a body like this. I don't think we get our glorified body until the morning star hits the whole earth. But we get a wedding garment. This is the first time we see Jesus. We say, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. What does reigneth mean? In other words, he is, at the marriage supper of the Lamb, he has already been crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords, or coronated, as she said. Give on, let us be glad and rejoice. And we will be, right? We will be. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come. That's us. You're supposed to be smiling and nodding right there. Okay, that's, that's us. Okay. For the, mar for the, the for mar marriage of the Lamb, that's Jesus, is come for his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. That's the wedding garment. Clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. <laughs> And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Who gets to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Those that are ready. Those that are ready, right? This is a fill in the blank portion. <clears throat> now let me summarize. I want to tie some things together. So, before the plot to kill Jesus, this is what he said. Look at what he said. I'm the light of the world. The truth will set you free or make you free. 
You are your father. You are the father of the devil. This is one that tried to kill him or did kill him. Before Abraham was, I am. He's saying, I am God. Jesus heals the man born blind. I am the good shepherd. I and the father are one. Then he raises Lazarus from the dead. He's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus then raises Lazarus and then the plot to kill Jesus. All of this happened just before he was nailed to the cross. Now, when we understand he's about to be nailed to the cross, all of a sudden what he said has a whole lot more meaning and understanding. Got to kind of help the group, help, help them along a little bit. So then, after the plot to kill Jesus, there's the marriage supper of the Lamb. The king comes sitting on an ass's colt. I saw heaven open, behold a white horse, eyes of flame of fire, head many crowns, name written, no man knew but himself, and he clothed the vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the Word of God. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that's the morning star. Then he is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, there's more. This is what we already covered. I told you about that, so we'll move on. This is not correct. See if you can just, somebody tell me what's wrong with that picture. Correct. The sword is not in his hand. The sword is in his mouth. Very clearly says with the sword of his mouth. I don't understand why people can't get that. Now, there's two angels, assuming this is an angel, and assuming that is a white, uh, a sickle, and there ought to be another angel over here someplace, because there's two angels returned with sickles. And the other angel came out of the temple and said to him, the head, the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he thrust in his, his sickle, and the clusters of the vine, skipping a little bit, the clusters of the vine were reaped, and they were cast into the wine press. Wine press was trodden without the city. Now, that's another thing that's interesting. Where was Jesus crucified? His blood spilled just outside the city. When he returns, when he has brought all of the, the kings of the east, all of the nations surrounding Israel, all down to this little place, where is it that they converge on? It's called Armageddon. And the blood rises to the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs, which is about 216 miles, if I remember right, around 200 miles. So the very place his blood was spilled, just outside the city, is where then he spills their blood some 2,000 years later. Just like Moses was tossed into the River Nile, and then some I don't know, 60 or 70 years later, God tossed all of the, the Pharaoh and all of his 600 men into the Red Sea. You drown my children, I'll drown you. <coughs> So you shed my blood just outside the city, I'll shed your blood just outside the city. I told you to get some things today you hadn't got before, right? Is that good? Thank you, Lord. That is probably a lot more correct, but there's something still wrong with this picture. Because King of Kings is not just on his thigh. It's on his vesture and on his thigh. And I am written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And... Yes, there's two angels back here with sharp sickles, and then there's a whole army back here. This part of the army is correct. 
Come, gather yourselves together under the supper of the great God that you may eat the flesh. I think we covered that, right? Yeah, we covered that. Okay. So here's where it's talking about the Feast of Booths, where on the 15th day of the seventh month, they take boughs of the goodly trees, branches of palm, and then they make themselves a little booth. So the Jews have got things out of order, but there's a time when we're going to be taken into the new Jerusalem. And he that overcometh will make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out and write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and write upon him my new name. Amen. And my servants shall serve me, and they shall see my face, and my name shall be in their forehead. That's a good thing, right? I, uh, I looked this up. You see where I looked it up here? What is the morning star? I asked Google. And as you can see, none of them got it figured out. None of them's talking about a sword, a light sword that proceeds out of the mouth. Remember Matthew 24, Jesus speaking says, As lightning shineth even out of the east and out of the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They ain't got it. So then I did a different search. What is morning star in the Bible? Give them a bigger hint. And they still ain't got it. So apparently the world has not figured out that that sword is not a metal sword, it's a light sword coming out of his mouth. <clears throat> and I looked up a few verses for you. Got just enough, I'm going to finish on time. I thought it'd probably go long. All right, that's good. So you remember when uh, they were moving the Ark of the Covenant and one of David's friends reached out and touched the Ark of the Covenant. Remember the Ark of the Covenant, boom, killed him just like that. And then just before Jesus, excuse me, well, just before God was about to speak to the children of Israel, telling them, I will be your God if you be my people, where he spoke audibly to them, he told them, don't come near the mountain. You have to sanctify yourselves, lest I break forth upon them. It's still the power of God. It's still the morning star. He that overcometh, keeping my works to the end, the same will give power over the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. What does that mean, rod of iron? It means if you sin one, or excuse me, not us, the nations, those that never received Jesus, but they didn't take the mark of the beast either. If they sin one time, the morning star judge shows up, hits them with the morning star, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. That's, uh, where was it now? Rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter, they should be broken to shivers or ashes. Even as I received my Father, and I'll give him the morning star. So, if we keep his works to the end, we get the morning star. I've asked for that. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I see my angels will testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of data and the bright and morning star. So, he's the brightest one that has the morning star. I will give power to my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred three score days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and candlesticks stand before the God of the earth. If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. Then another place, Isaiah 30, And the Lord shall cause his glorious glowing voice to be heard and shall show the lightning down his arm. That is the indignation which is a flaming or devouring fire with scattering and tempest and hailstones. Finally, for as lightning shineth even out of the east unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So, 
in summary, Jesus rode on a, a donkey, an ass, into Jerusalem. When he got there, these were the things he said, knowing he was about to be crucified. All of them are encouraging for us. All of them say that one day he's going to ride back through those same doors. And he's going to ride through walking on all of the blood of all of those people that hate him. And he's going to make us the victors. He's going to turn us into the kings and into the priests. That's a good thing, right? So, if you'd like to become... Wow, right at 12, that's great. If you'd like to become a ministry member, you do so by going to spiritofprophecychurch.com or prophecyclub.com. And if you'd like to donate, you can click right there and donate. I find that if someone really wants to donate, they can find out how to donate. (laughs) Also, you can click like, share, and subscribe. That helps us to reach more people. Now, if you pray the sinner's prayer, if you just accepted Jesus in your heart, send us an email. Let me do it this way today. Probably everyone in here has received Jesus. Probably everyone online has received Jesus. But I hope there's at least one out there that hasn't. And it's as simple as this. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he didn't get down off the cross and go baptize one of the guys that was nailed on the cross. But the, the man simply said... Nailed on the cross, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. Getting your name written in the book of life, living for eternity is easy. At least the first step. Now after that, there's <laughs> gets increasingly difficult. I know people say, well just come to Jesus, he'll fix everything. Yeah, no, (laughs) no, then the challenges begin. But asking, just say, just simply say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Let's all say that. Jesus, forgive my sins. One more time. Jesus, forgive my sins. And be my God. If you just prayed that prayer, send us an email. And if you'd like to have prayer requests, Come on up, I'll be happy to pray for you. Lord, I pray that every one of us, every one of us are ready and that when you call us to the marriage supper of the Lamb, we get to go there. That we hear, Alleluia. Glory, honor, power to the Lord our God for true and righteous are His judgments. I pray that we get to hear that voice from the throne that says, Praise our God, all ye His servants. And then we say, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And then we all get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We get to see you brought before the ancient of days and given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. For your dominion is an everlasting dominion and your kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. We get to see you change from lamb to lion, change from 
the prince of the kings of the earth, to become the king of kings and lord of lords. That we get that wedding garment and a white horse to ride back. Get to see you use the morning star to cleanse the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. If you have prayer requests, come on up and be happy to pray for you.